for planners. Crypto for planners. Crypto for planners. Crypto for planners. Crypto. Watch us boss and playing token. About to get more. Wanna become a master? This with these tips for. Crypto for planners. This a crypt show. Crypto. Watch us boss and eat. About to get more. Wanna become a master? That's what these tips for. Crypto for planners. This a crypt show. Ah. Crypto for planners, crypto for planners, crypto for planners. You are now tuned in to Crypto for Planners. All financial advisors are welcome to Crypto for Planners, Crypto for Planners. Welcome back to Crypto for Planners, the most interesting CFP in the industry. I'm Justin, and I'm here with Steve again. You know, the nice part of a decentralized podcast is I'm not sure there's anyone here to fire us. <laughs> well, I, I don't know who told you that information, Justin, but uh, that is that is clearly not the case. So I think we better be on our best behavior uh, after the feedback we got after the first one. Um, you know, some people like it. I think some people might want to fire us, but uh, we'll we'll see. We're going to hang in here for a little while. Sounds good. Well, this is brought to you once again by the Planner DAO, um, the ideal place to come and find all information, education, and most importantly, a collaborative environment to work with digital assets in the financial planning space. Absolutely. So we're here bringing you this decentralized podcast. Once again, we'd love your involvement, love your ideas love you to actually contribute audio to this. So we'll give you more information on the end about how to do that. But right now, we've got a couple of news items to jump into. That's right, Steve. We have last week today, um, our first article, an open sea insider trading scandal. Ooh, sounds very, uh, very Wall Street. So apparently... Nate Chastain, who was a former product head at OpenSea, was apparently profiting from some inside information. Um, he was um, basically purchasing some NFTs, shifting them to a different wallet, and then reselling them for a sizable gain. Um, the really amazing part in this, to me, Steve, is the, the, the community spotted it, called him out, and quickly reported and figure this whole thing out. Um, so Steve, like what, what are, again, should advisors be worried about this? Should we be afraid that this is just too dangerous and it's the wild, wild west? What, what, how do advisors take this insider trading news? Yeah, that's a great question. So for those unfamiliar with NFTs, we're going to cover them a little bit later. So this is what we wanted to cover this, this news article today. Um, you know, it, it's interesting seeing a an insider trading scam basically involving a bunch of JPEGs, right? I never thought I would see that <laughs> in our business. So it's very interesting. Uh, it's kind of like being brought up on like fraud charges for cheating at Monopoly with my kids or something. It just doesn't feel real, but but it is. It's still, it's still somebody front running real value. And so uh, on the one hand, advisors can look at this and think, hey, same old, same old. The insiders yeah. are out front running us as usual. But I think what's different is what you just mentioned, Justin, is that now 
we have the tools and the public has the tools uh, to bring some accountability in the way we can't in traditional finance. Yeah, I, it, what, what's so fascinating to me is we hear this argument all the time that crypto is the wild, wild west and it's so dangerous. And, and it, there are there are always bad actors in every field. But to me, what is so unique about this is it's so public. You cannot hide. And the community that is involved with this is really smart. And it did not take the community very long at all to piece this together, identify who the owners of these wallets were, and call them out and say, hey, OpenSea, do you know that this is going on? Which did prompt OpenSea to pretty much, you know, they, they asked Chastain to, to resign, um, kicked him out, that kind of thing. So it, the, the transparent nature of crypto is on display here, in my opinion, and it's a, it's a positive thing. This is a community without a lot of regulation that policed itself. Yeah, that's a good point. And it reminds me of uh, a scandal a few years back with uh, Giraffe Kings or one of those. Um, I don't know because Washington's still in like five states that won't allow that. So <laughs> we can't do here. And my VPN says I'm in Bulgaria anyway, so I don't know why that matters. But uh, not, not big into sports gambling. But uh, b basically, uh, they had some employees doing the same thing. They were looking in at where the bets were going and they were front running the trades. And eventually they were able to catch them and um, I don't remember how they did it, but it wasn't because the data was publicly available. It wasn't because the community caught them. It was because the company caught them internally. And so the point I want to make there is, is in the future, consumers are going to trust what's public, what's open, what's visible, what's decentralized. So we're not going to change human behavior. There will always be bad actors, but we are coming up with better ways to police it. And again, this this happened very, very quickly. So uh, again, I think it's a another positive for how transparent crypto is. So our next article comes from a little bit more um, the same vein. This, this might actually not feel um, right away as, as apropos, but we had a story out that Schwab, our good buddies, Charles Schwab, who self you know, disclosure I use in custody with, was hit with a class action claim over uh, their robo advising service. So a little background, Charles Schwab uh, introduced this intelligent uh, portfolio manager, a robo that uh, was for the retail. It was going to do amazing things for everybody's money. And uh, they, they released this. And unfortunately, they were pretty much doing some things with their sweeps to cash and kind of using lots and lots of people's money to go and do other things with. And now there is a $500 million uh, gain missed out is, I guess, the accusation the article is making that collectively there was uh, $500 million of gains missed out because of all of these sweeps and uh, the, the, the money movements and cash movements that was going on with these, quote unquote, intelligent portfolio management systems. So, Steve, I, I ask you, how... Honestly, do you, how does, what does this have to do with crypto? What does it have to do with how top-down innovations just seem to be riddled with problems still? Yeah, so full disclosure here as well, 99% of our assets are at Charles Schwab as well at my firm. Uh, and I did use 
in intelligent portfolios uh, when they added another ion to it. So now we had institutional intelligent portfolios, IIP. <laughs> uh, and in under 12 months, we were trying to offload every single one we moved forward. So um, this this was a fail from, from start to finish, in my opinion. Um, I, I must say in Schwab's defense, they were very clear that 4% of the funds would be allocated to cash, and that's what's funding the portfolio. Um, but, but really what Schwab did is they rolled out a technology here um, that was supposed to make our lives easier and it made, us more it made life more difficult. We couldn't do basic client service requests. We didn't have basic forms to do what we needed for clients. And it was really not thought through. It was not developed by the community. It was Schwab developed something for retail that they were tinkering with and then tried to, tried to say, hey, hey, this will work, guys, and jam it down our throats a little bit. Um, and so when we adopted it, they just, they didn't evolve it. They didn't have advisor tools and, and it was just really frustrating. Yeah. I, the, the way this story plays out to me is this is another example of top-down innovation that gets shoehorned into the advisor space and we're expected to deliver it to our clients, but it was never designed with that intent in mind. And I think for, for me, what it points to is the the future innovations are likely to be more successful when they're bottom up and that honestly is why the planner dow exists and that's the, the the future and the hope that DeFi and crypto really offer is bottom up organic collaborative innovations that come from advisors and clients working together and not some institution that has an idea, they think this is really cool, they spend millions of dollars to develop it, they release it into the wild and then say, oh, by the way, advisor, I have a version of this for you that doesn't really help us do what it, it you know, help us yeah. connect with our clients. And, that, and that's, all, that's very true. And, you know, I think, I think my takeaway uh, actually is a little bit more specific here, which is one of the primary conflicts for financial planners and their vendors always comes down to cash. Cash always yeah. seems to be at the crux of what's going on. The, the reason that I don't pay Schwab anything, you know, yet they're worth billions and billions of dollars is basically because of the money they make off the cash and the cash management to a certain extent. Yeah. And we are going to see those same conflicts in crypto. So, uh, for example, Gemini, which is the custodian where I manage my clients' crypto money, um, they offer uh, investing through basically their cash is the Gemini U.S. dollar. And they're actually just adding stable coins, other stable coins now, I think, due to demand. Uh, but basically, once again, I don't have options to do whatever I want with that cash. I put it in their cash product where they have a markup and they have a spread and they're making additional revenue uh, that my clients and myself, even as a planner, cannot see. And so what we're doing, and again, back to your point about the planner down, what we're doing is we're trying to get people into non-custodial wallets where they have direct control over the cash and there is not a middleman there. Or if there is a middleman, it's code and they can see exactly what it is on any given day. So again, this is right back to, to uh, hidden fees on cash being used to fund traditional finance and fund the system and right back down to banks, right? What's the fee on your certificate of deposit, right? There's no yeah. fee. There's, look, there's no fee. There's just an interest rate, right? Like, ah, it's painful. That's what we're fighting against here.
All right, Justin, let's transition into word on the street. What we want to talk about today is NFTs. We're hearing a lot about those in the news, in the headlines, and we're really trying to understand what they are. So, Justin, at the basic level, what is an NFT? Well, crypto loves initials and they love words that don't mean much to a normal person. An NFT stands for a non-fungible token. Um, and because that's honestly not very helpful to anyone under the age of 16, non-fungible is a fancy way of saying there's only one unique item, one special set of properties that's tied to this one token. So it's kind of like the opposite of Bitcoins, the opposite of ETH and all these other ERC-20 tokens, which are fungible. Um, Non-fungible tokens are, are really important to understand that we're seeing a lot of JPEGs and art and things right now, but the really cool things of NFTs are things under the hood. So Steve, you, you like music. If we were going to describe an album cover art and there was a baby in the water swimming after a dollar bill on a string, like, could you guess what that very famous album cover art would be? Well, I know it, but that's cheating because, as you know, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, so that's super easy for me, and I'm from the 90s, so that's Nirvana all the way. <laughs> Absolutely, and that album cover art is epic. We all know it, we all recognize it, but imagine if all you did was stop at the album cover and you actually never listened to any of the tracks, or you never got to enjoy all the good stuff that was happening underneath. And that's kind of what NFTs are today. There are these cool JPEGs, there's some weird art, but the really neat stuff is actually the, the tracks. It's the actual stuff happening underneath. So it's important when we talk about that, what we're really referring to is the smart contracts and the programmable money pieces that are happening underneath the NFT hood, so to speak. Yeah, I like that. I like that example. So, for example, if you went to the if you went to old Sam Goody's, right, and you bought the Nirvana CD and you hung it on your wall, it might be cool, but you wouldn't be getting a ton of value out of it. Whereas, of course, the music yeah. is there, and so what's underneath that is what's useful. So, if we take that and flip it back to, to NFTs, um, why don't you give us an example or two of, of what they're used for and, and how this technology is so great? Yeah, absolutely. So the first use case we're seeing a lot of is with art. And so digital artists, creators are using the um, digital representations, JPEGs, video files to basically be digitized art forms that get posted on the blockchain. But in addition to art, we're also seeing a lot of music and videos. So Top Shot um, was a partnership done with the NBA to turn highlight reels, reels, listen to me, highlight videos into um, to video files that, that got turned into NFTs. Because again, there's only one time LeBron slams on somebody. So that's really the, the, the most prominent uses we're seeing. The really, really cool stuff is when you start to think of real world assets like um, legal documents, a deed to a property, um, and my personal favorite is probably an NFT real world asset that could be a bottle of bourbon. Yeah, I, yeah. I, let me know when those are out, and I'll I'll go I'll go grab one of those. And <laughs> and, and, and you know that that'll make sense. And I, and I think um, what we want to really get across for advisors is that NFTs are a catch all. You know, I think as crypto moves along, we may see those broken down further. But um, an advisor needs to know when they see NFT headlines or their client asks about them. It really could mean anything. 
But at the end of the day, I think what you're saying is they still kind of have the same underlying underlying principles, which is they can be programmed and they are unique. Absolutely. The the really cool stuff is the same things we've seen in DeFi and other places, and that is when you introduce a digital representation that is on chain, that is verifiable, and you can easily transfer ownership, and then you add a just amazing amount of liquidity to those things. Awesome, explosive, cool things happen that honestly we've not really seen before. And so, yes, NFTs are a very generic term to describe a new kind of almost like a, a new kind of asset class in crypto where you have these unique things that have unique properties that are being brought on chain um, again but in a non-fungible way so let's say i wanted to go do a little research and and, and check it out and see what, what the big deal is all about are there uh do you have some good recommendations for a website or two i could go and actually kind of scroll through and then see what the heck is happening yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say the first place to start would be OpenSea. Um, OpenSea has uh, really just exploded with uh, use cases that are just fascinating to watch. And so uh, they have a lot of resources. They have um, information on blogs, how to. Um, but really, you can see, you you basically observe what's going on, how people are buying, selling, creating all in one place. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, and what, what I've read about OpenSea, it's kind of the eBay of NFTs. It's a marketplace. Um, and, and it's more of a secondary market than a primary market. Would that be fair? Yes, absolutely. Okay. They, uh, they, they're, they're primarily allowing a, uh, easy access for creators to, to come in and, and they, they can mint stuff, create stuff, and then they, they post it on this the secondary marketplace to be bought and sold and gotcha so so that makes sense this is all well and good it's just it, it, two more crypto nerds talking about nfts right just like just happened ten thousand <laughs> times today around the world but i think what makes us different is that we want to help advisors understand how that's relevant to them this isn't a podcast to mention cool things because if it was no you know we're not we're certainly not qualified for that <laughs> we might be qualified to help advisors no understand listening how it's how it's helpful to them, their practice, their clients. So why would an advisor care at all about NFTs? The initial use case we're seeing is really just a, a marker pointing in a direction. Um, I, I wouldn't advise any advisor or client to be looking to purchase, uh, you know, digital art just for the hope that it could be increasing in value. That that is that is pure speculation. Just the way you know, many other things are the, the real, the real point of understanding NFTs is what they're pointing at. Um, you have to almost look beyond the JPEG, so to speak, to see that what's happening here is a brand new asset class is being introduced even into crypto. Um, so we're moving in a, in a new direction beyond typical ERC 20 fungible tokens where, again, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, $1 is $1. There's no difference. They all spend the same we're seeing a, an entirely new asset class be born. And so the important thing for advisors is to, to know that someday soon, hopefully that clients are going to come and say, Hey, this rare collectible video is actually an asset that should show up on my balance sheet. What should we do with it? And so it's to, to understand where it's headed. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And, and I think the other thing I'd throw in there is <clears throat> since we're doing less in-person meetings, I know when I, you know, I've, I've been doing this about 
20 years and I know in my first decade how many times I was at clients' houses, I was sitting at their kitchen table, you know, and obviously working nights and weekends early on, like we all did. Yeah, well, you can meet, can't meet till 11 p.m.? Cool. No, I'm up late anyway. And, and so it's not only that we get more established, that's also now that we're doing so many Zoom meetings, we lose the ability to walk into our clients' uh, homes and because you learn a lot about them. And I think in this modern world, what we're going to see is the NFTs or that new or that new living room. It's the new what do you put out in display? What do you put on the nightstand? What 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 pictures up front? What pictures are in back? And it'll tell you a lot about your client, whether whether they're a prospect or whether um, they're a client. But you'll know what they value. You know where they spend their time. And so I think NFTs are also going to be relevant yeah. to clients because uh, just just intelligence about who you're working with. No, that, that, that's a really great point that, you know, this is just a digital form of what we've already seen from art and culture that, you know, people, people like to be associated with things. They like uh, the aesthetics of how things look. They like how something reflects their personality. And those are all reasons people are buying NFTs and JPEGs right now, even though it's hard for us to imagine the, the amount of ETH they're paying for. Yeah. But the, the reality is it's, it's still the same driver. It's, it's th this is still a form of art and culture that people like to display. Well, we have a couple of takeaways from this conversation, Justin. You're hitting on the first one right now, which is we want advisors to understand that this is not just a JPEG. This is not a screenshot. This is not the old Windows print screen, right, that you can just grab for wherever. It doesn't have value. <laughs> There's a lot more going on here, like you mentioned, right? It's important for advisors to see that NFTs are the beginning of something new. This is the first iteration of an entirely new asset class. And again, the uh, probably the best use case you could make for real estate on blockchain is with an NFT. You've got a unique asset that needs to have ownership and title clearly denominated. Like it, it's an NFT. And so the all of these real world assets, an invoice, I mean, imagine if you were, you know, an invoice uh, factoring company business and you could put those things on blockchain and capture the unique properties and qualities that that is specific to um, an accounts receivable. I mean, all these different things we've seen, these real world assets are all going to come on chain. So it's important for you to not just dismiss it because this seems crazy, but to really understand this is the beginning of something new. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. That sums up our second takeaway really well here, which is that we are looking at a new asset class and not just investment wise, but but an asset class that's going to be both an investment and a delivery system, right? It's, it's kind of like how we treat small business owners. It's your income, it's your wealth, it's your lifestyle. It's your social circle, right? As small business owners, it, it, it crosses a lot of things. Um, I think NFTs have that possibility too. And, and that leads us to our final takeaway, which is when the designation that was created um, primarily by Adam here at the Planner DAO, uh, he called it the Certified Digital Asset Advisor for a reason. It, it's not the Certified Crypto Master. It's not, it's not your master's in crypto. It's not, it's not uh, the, the blockchain king of the world, right? It's not all these ridiculous things. It, it's a digital assets. It's a certified digital asset advisor because it's going to go beyond cryptocurrency and encompass so many things. And there's probably a world coming where where uh, NFTs aren't necessarily called cryptocurrency anymore, and they're just their own thing. So we want you to be thinking yeah. thinking of all this holistically and be prepared to advise on digital assets because clients will need help with that. Yeah, I'm still holding out for that tokenized bottle of bourbon. Please tell me when it gets here. 
you bet. And and you know, I think a takeaway for advisors that are new to this is is why do you care? Well, the same reason I care about any investment, I've had to learn about it because my clients are curious about it or they want to know about it. Or they ask about it. You know, so many things along the way. I think they're garbage, but I learn about them because you know my clients ask questions. I happen to think this isn't the yeah. case of garbage. I happen to think this is probably the most valuable thing ever. But regardless, you should learn. So. Okay, well, let's end there. We're a little bit over time. We appreciate you sticking with us on this non-fungible podcast we just recorded. A uh, quick reminder uh, to uh, subscribe, like, share, tell everybody about it, go to a party, tell your family, whatever it is. And uh, we appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us on the Crypto for Planners podcast, the most interesting CFP in the world. Stay crypto, my friends.